0: He's now pushing close to 300 units. Here's the unbelievable and crazy fact. In a decade of doing this business, they've had five evictions. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20 year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, it's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation. And I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall. Enjoy the conversations and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to Passive Wealth Principles, the What I Learned episode of Sam Wiegert. Sam is, ha, huh, man, he is a ball of energy. I love him. Every time I'm around him, I feel fired up and excited. Uh, he just brings this level of energy and actually share at the end of the podcast about like just how he has this light about him and he's passionately pursuing those things. He has been a karate instructor. He actually loved karate so much for a martial arts not just karate but uh, all kinds of, of martial arts he started a studio he actually started looking into it when he was 13 years old he bought it when he was 15 he started operating this business as a young kid he brought in family members and this is a, an amazing journey that we dive into how he took uh, building out a brick and mortar empire and I say from one location to two and then three four five and six and then not only that when COVID hit you know you couldn't have in-person training or how were they going to do that? He created and adapted and then had a virtual live digital martial arts studio that was teaching people in 23 states. He grew that and grew that and we dive into some really awesome details. And actually, one of the things that I wanted to kind of highlight was he talked about this when he was 13 years old, somebody believed in him and even though it was 13 it it also applies to someone as an adult just having someone believe in you is incredibly powerful and so this was a, a an instructor a karate instructor that saw how disciplined he was how hard he was working how he was a sharp kid and he said you could run this studio and he said maybe it was just because he wanted to sell the studio to someone and retire but anyway it was the fact that somebody believed in him and then within a few years he actually was able to buy that at 15 years old and uh, he talks about his his past and how that ultimately has led to what he is doing today in his business. He grew up homeschooled one of eight kids and he was kind of a middle kid. I love this the the thing that he talked about is like when you grow up in a big family, you get to stand out or get attention in in one of two ways. Uh, one is to be really, really good or really, really bad. Uh so you can either be the black sheep or be you know the star. And what he chose to do was to have a standout kind of career in martial arts. He dived into that, he dove into that and and really um created you know the niche. And he actually thought that's what he was gonna do for the rest of his life. That was going to be his calling, and obviously building out multiple brick and mortar locations and then also the digital course or the digital instructions that he was able to do but i also wanted to talk into like how also he was able to use is the power of broke or the the profit first uh, analogy is you, you really constrain or will adapt to the constraints that you have. And when he didn't have very much money, he was trying to open a second location. He wanted to do that. He could probably go sign a commercial lease, but this lease would be, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 if you were to open the studio. But he's like, he really only needed something for a couple of nights a week. And he was able to create a niche offering in Cavalier Inn in uh, his part of the world back in Virginia. And they had a conference room that he could host karate classes in for two times per week. And in total, that was only. for him to rent this room a few times uh, a week to host his karate classes. So he was able to be massively more profitable out of the gate, opening his second location. And that is what I think is the creativity that businesses allows is that you can really, you know, construct and create things in a more dynamic way. If he had had lots of money, he may have just gone out and signed a lease, and maybe he would not have been as profitable uh, out of the gate, and maybe it would have taken him a lot longer to get there. But that creative way of structuring a deal and finding some nuance of where he could get what he needed out of something that also became a win-win scenario for everyone involved. So even though he was able to do this and scale a, a studio, here's one of the other things that is in that niche space is like they weren't selling a product. They weren't selling anything. They were actually... You know, uh, advising people on how the proper technique, uh, how to get inspired, uh, but also to work towards that path of a black belt and what that looks like. And so he was very excited to do that, but there was also some mistakes along the way. How culture fit really, really mattered. The people had to be bought into that vision of what he was putting out there, or what happens is you can completely alienate them, and in fact, everybody quit. He bought a couple of studios. This was going to be great. He emptied his life savings to do that. And every single employee quit. Crazy. You know, that's some of the things, that's the real world talk of being an entrepreneur that I think is incredibly, uh, um, important for people to know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows out there there are times that you're going to make mistakes you're going to have success and then you're going to get maybe sometimes overly confident and move forward and take on new uh, opportunities and then it turns out that it was not very fortuitous Now we're going to dive into kind of the Sam 2.0 version of himself or maybe it's 3.0 is that what he was able to do is he was investing into co-living and really what it was is our house hacking, uh, whatever you want to call it today, but it was like having roommates or housemates is having multiple people living in a house where he was able to buy a house but he was living there by himself and he was like, man, it seemed too quiet. And so he just rented out some additional bedrooms. What he discovered is he was collecting about $2,800 a month in rent on something that probably would have rented for thirteen dollars or $1,400 a month in that particular area in that time. Hey, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk about something I get asked about quite a lot. Who does my social media video edits? Well, lucky day, I'm going to share that now. It's Fat Unicorn Media. Whether you're in real estate or not, Fat Unicorn Media is super clever with some very exciting video edits on the short form video content. And they specialize in it for real estate professionals. They know how to talk like real estate pros because that's exactly what they do as their niche specialty. If you're looking to elevate your video content and social media game, visit them at Fat unicorn media dot com and book a free fifteen minute call to see if they can help you too. It's been a game changer for me. It's freed up so much of my time. They are literally the who, not the how. I believe it'll work for you as well. Thanks to Fat Unicorn Media for sponsoring today's episode. And now back to the show. And so what he he was doubling the rent, and it was after doing that a couple other times, going from a three bedroom to a four bedroom to a five bedroom and six bedroom. Like he he discovered like he could keep doing this. Again and again and again, it was like, oh my gosh. And it was actually like one of those things that he discovered through the process of just trying it out, being a young single guy that created an incredible business opportunity. We dive into some really technical details of how there are certain inherent problems with renting out things by the bedroom, how uh, problems of people living there eating your food uh, what happens when people are crashing on the couch, what happens with complaints about people? You know, they had a, gives us a story about how somebody left a loaded gun in the common area and everybody else is all freaked out about that. So there's certain things that you're just going to discover about being in business and, and especially experience this and how he had to develop certain systems, how he had developed certain processes, he's now pushing close to 300 units. And so think about that, how many people he is, has been experienced. And here's the unbelievable and crazy fact as someone that is a landlord in the traditional sense is I just have a long-term rental that's been renting for years and years. And sometimes we've we've had evictions and things like that. He said of that and over those 300, almost 300 units, in a decade of doing this business, they've had five evictions, five, that's it. Hundreds and hundreds of tenants, maybe even into the thousands of tenants, only five evictions ever. And part of it is it is not, um, more not very common for someone to hang out in the space when you're sharing the common area and everyone else knows you're not paying rent. That peer pressure causes people either to pay or they just move out and leave. And so it doesn't uh, require them to go through the traditional uh, legal system. And one of the other kind of like aha moments that was a discovery if you have uh, an eight unit. Uh, apartment complex or a unit multiplex. Guess what? You have eight refrigerators and, H, and eight HVAC units and eight dishwashers and eight everything else. But he's like, hey, if we have an eight-bedroom house with eight or eight tenants living there, we oftentimes only have one refrigerator, maybe two, one dishwasher, one HVAC. Each one of these things, and it's like, guess what? So it is more efficient to operate from that standpoint given the fact that the equipment and the expenses are reduced. Obviously, it's more management intensive or do you need to have these developed systems in place? And so it is unbelievable. And actually, he has... Um, a five-day challenge to learn about co-living and what he does is five days out of uh, each month, I think it is, or maybe it's each week. Uh, I don't know how often they launch this, but they teach everyone that you need to know about the stuff that uh, to get into co-living and it's free. It is a challenge that they give out massive amounts of information, checklist and SOPs and design components and things that are just, you never even thought about that. I actually learned about like not having couches in the house in the common area. Pretty interesting. I was like, why would you not have a couch? Why do you not have a TV? And so really it's almost treating as if every single bedroom is its own apartment. Let them furnish it. Let them put their own couch in there or their own TV in their bedroom but keep it out of the common area because then it keeps down on the noise and nobody's sleeping on the couch or crashing there. So you make it almost like a coffee shop. You have communal places, you have tables set up, you have nice chairs set up so people can work from them, but it just creates a different environment. So people respect that, but then they go into their room when they go to sleep. Putting headphones on, have a quiet time where you're required. You cannot you know, put out noise after certain time periods, either ten o'clock or eleven o'clock at night, uh, depending off if it's a weekend or a weekday. All of those things through trial and error of making mistakes is fantastic, and he gives all that stuff, and uh, that information away. So listen to the full episode if you want to just dive into an hour episode, or if you're interested in finding out more about what he does. You know, there's some uh, links that'll be in the show notes and the comments down below. So this has been the What I Learned episode about Sam We and his scale your real estate his you know going from karate kid to this co-living you know I say guru but I, I wouldn't necessarily you know because there's oftentimes a negative connotation to that but just an amazing person an exciting episode that I think everyone should dive into especially if you're interested in the co-living space If you're interested about finding out more passive wealth techniques and tips and tricks and other investment strategies, go to passivewealth.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. That newsletter comes out every single week where we go and deep dive into uh, other particular ideas. Sometimes it's a vending machine business that's co-living, investing as a limited partner into syndications or running and operating uh, commercial real estate, ground leases, so many things that we believe is... uh, uh, critical to stop trading time for money so when you can make money in one area but then invest it into something that allows you and buys back your time that allows you more freedom to your life to be with whatever it is that you want to be uh, more with your family or vacation more whatever that combination of things of why you want passive wealth we dive into that at passivewealth.com sign up for it there this has been another one of those passive wealth principles what i learned Catch you guys on the next one. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at jake.realestate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchknives.com and grab the book there, as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care, and I'll see you in the next episode.